0: all right we're learning that sam of zayin we're starting from the mishnah on the very bottom of Vav Amid on the base so we're talking about the azazel going to its cliff here so we just were describing how there was an ish the plus says an appointed czar a non-coin necessarily who would carry him out from the azar so now the mishnah says some of the people the, the people who are yakar like valuable you know the most precious people in Yerushalayim, they would they would do lavaya, meaning, you know, you walk a guest out. So they would walk, they would go with him. They would walk with him until they got to the first sukkah. So basically, there were a bunch of sukkahs along the way so that he would, um, um, he would have these, like, breaks. He would have these points where he could stop along, along his journey. And the, the people would escort him, the original people from Yerushalayim, until the first sukkah. And how many sukkahs are there? As sukkahs at sukkah, there were ten booths from Yerushalayim to the tzukh. Tzukh just means a, the cliff. Um, we'll see. Whether that's uh, how we know what you're supposed to do with it. Kishim ris. How long is the, the the total distance here? So we're saying that there were 10 sukkahs, but how much of a distance are we traveling? So the Mishnah says it was 90 risks. Okay, well, what's a risk? Shiva Umechsa Lechomel. There are seven and a half ris to make up one mil. So what that now does for us is a little bit of math here. We know it's a total of 90, 90 ris, and we know that one mil is seven and a half. So we want to do 90 divided by seven and a half, and we'll know how many mil it is. So 90 divided by seven and a half is 12. So that means that there were 12 mil of a a distance, just to give some perspective on how far 12 mil is. So one mil is 2,000 amos. So how much is is 2,000 amos? I don't know, a little under, let's just say, let's just say for simplicity's sake, 4,000 feet. Let's just say. So a mile is five thousand two hundred telling feet, right? So it's, it's under a mile per mil, but, but I don't know, let's just say three quarters of a mile. Okay, let's just say, keep things simple. So you got three quarters of 12 miles. So what are we talking, nine, nine about, right? So it's a pretty consider- it's a considerable amount of, 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 of walking that he's gotta do, right? It's 12 mil. At any rate, so we're saying that if there's 12 mil in the fir- and how many sukkahs were there? So we said that there were 10. So that means that there's basically the way you like to break it up. There's 11 different segments between them, right? So that makes 11 segments. You go from your shalim to the first sukkah, the nine more to the other sukkahs, and then one last segment of his journey from the, from the last sukkah until the, until the cliff. Okay? That's what comes out. Yeah, it's a very long walk, right? It's 12 mil. 12 mil is a lot, right? Okay, just to give him a little bit more perspective, we're going to see in a second about the issue of t'rum. T'rum he can't go more than 2,000 amma. Says the Mishnah, Every sukkah, the people who would be waiting there, I guess, for him would say, Here's some food, here's some drink. In other words, he would be offered to break his fast. Technically, everyone's supposed to be fasting. It's from Kippur. But if he's going to be too weak, then he would be allowed to eat. So they would offer him food. There would be escorts from each sukkah. So in other words, basically, this guy is traveling uh, the one-meal between booths until he gets there. So, 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 so uh, there were people in the, in the booths who were there and would escort him from booth to booth. That's um, an interesting thing. He doesn't have the same escort the whole time, again, because of the Tchum issue. But there would be, for each 2,000 Amah segment, he would have an escort uh, from one to one. Except for the last one. He can't go, they can't go with him to the cliff. They wouldn't go with him. They would just stand from far and watch what he would do. So how do we understand this? Because the distance from the, their booth to the rock was more than the, was more than the one mil. So they, they can't do that. So they would just go for a mil and then watch him to make sure that he did it properly. So basically, because remember here, we have 12 mil and we only have 10 sukkahs. So we have a mil and we have a sukkah, then we have nine more. So we have two mil, the last one. So this is a view from the, from the sukkah to the, la- to the, from the last sukkah. And the segment of the last sukkah until the cliff is more than the Trum Shabbos. So the people in the last sukkah aren't going to escort him all the way to the cliff, but they would have to just watch. Whereas all the other segments, they could go with him until the next break. Now what exactly does he do? How do we describe what, what exactly happens? So he, 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 he takes up only a part, he divides into a strip of red wool. Half of it he was tied to a rock, like a high rock. Half of it was tied between the goat's horns like between the horns If he would push it backwards meaning he would push it not with his head first but with his back first the goat would, would tumble go all the way down the cliff it wouldn't reach even halfway down it was already broken into different limbs he would then go and sit under the by the last sukkah until it got dark so even just to go even just to go back to the last socha that also violates him, right? He's two mil from the last socha with the But he's a lot of walk by the two mil, even though he's not doing the avoda, I mean, obviously, he's allowed to do, do the avoda. That's why he's doing this. He's allowed be Doha. But in, in normally we say, if you go outside the Chum, we remember from Eir, even if you have a good reason, you're not supposed to, you're not allowed to go more than, the, at most, when the Chachamim are most mechol, you're not allowed to go more than 2,000 amas from where you are. Here, like a chachamim are thinking, go back to the last sukkah. It's a very big chiddush. Must be because he would never be able to do it. It's like a special hatter that the rabbanan gave. Or else he'd be scared. He would be too weak. Whatever exactly it is. So they let him go the two mil to the last sukkah and then stop and he would rest there until it got dark. All right. Now there's one more point here. There's a din that the Torah says that the mishaleach, the one who sends away the azazel, it says that he becomes tameh, so tameh that even him and his clothes are tameh. The idea of of Him and his clothes becoming Tama. It's like he's such a degree of a Tuma. There's certain times we have, like, with Tuma's Mas of Novela. Right? The degree of Tuma is so great that it affects the, the, the clothing that you're touching as well. So the clothing that he's wearing also becomes tummy. So that's what we always refer to them. But what Tuma's Begadim really is, is that he primarily is becoming tummy, So tummy that even his clothes are tummy. So at what point? Meaning, the Torah leaves are pretty vague. Torah says, the one who sends it. In Mishaleach, he becomes his closer to So we're in this exact, I mean, this is a long process here. It's from the Azar all the way out there, finally to cliff throat out. So at what point does the Tumah descend? According to the Tanakhama, as soon as he leaves the city of Yerushalayim, meaning at that point he ascended, he's in the process of being Mishaleach. Until then, he's still in the confines of the city. He's not involved yet. He, he's just like preliminary. Once he has left the city, at that point, the Tumat Zagadim comes from. No, you said it too early. He's only called, the Tumat Zagadim, only comes once he actually pushes it off the cliff. So we have a dispute here, which we'll analyze further in the Gemara. All right. So first we talk about this distance and the sukkahs. Okay? Our Mishnah said that there were 12 mil between the Rishalayim and the cliff. And there were 10 sukkahs that uh, were situated along the way. So the Qumar says, Rabbanu, and for sukkah, Milen, Hayud, Rabbi, Meir. Rabbi Meir affirms that view. Our mission must be following Rabbi Meir that there were 10 sukkahs that were divided between the 12 mil of distance. Rabbi Udai, Meir is a descending view. Taysha really there were only nine sukkahs. Fahsar, Milan, and there were only 10 mil. So again, there would be one mil from Yushalayim, the first booth, then there would be another, only eight sukkahs, one every mil. And there would be one last mill from the last sukkah until the cliff. So it comes out that, according to Rabbi Yehuda, an important point, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the escorts that he had from the last sukkah could to go with him all the way to the cliff because it was only one mil. That's 2,000 amma. According to Rabbi Meir, that there was 12 mil and 10 booths. So the last booth was two mil away from the cliff. So the escorts couldn't go all the way to the cliff. But according to this dissenting view of Rabbi Yehuda, that there was only 10 mil of journey, and nine sukkahs, so from the last nine sukkah to the cliff, they would be able to walk. Now a third view, Rabbi Asar Omer, there were only five booths and there was 10 mil of a distance, so there was more than a mil, according to Rabbi Ossi, between each one of them. So according to Rabbi Ossi, how is he being escorted from sukkah to sukkah? It's going to be a violation of Trum Shabbos because we only have five sukkahs for 10 mil, so obviously there's more than a mil between sukkahs. So the Hulan erev. It was made through an erev tchumen. What does that mean with the erev tchumen? Erev tchumen means that you can put out some food, and it's considered like you're living where your food is, and you have two thousand amma radius from where your food is. So let's say you want to go more than two thousand ammas on Shabbos. That's what you want to do in a certain direction. You put out food, that's where you're living, and then you can go extend from that radius two thousand amma in any direction from from where, from where the food is. So that's the way it would work. You could. See everybody in the town would put out. Let's say halfway between their. Between uh, one sukkah and the next sukkah, they would put out a bread. So then that would be considered like they're living in between. Then they would really be able to travel 4,000 amah, you know, 2,000 amah from where the bread was in any direction. So that's the way that they would be able to escort, because they would make an Eretz Chumen. Yes, they no, were different escorts. Meaning, and this doesn't help for the Cohen though. Let me clarify: for him himself, <laughs> right? Exactly. For the Kohen Gadol, for for, nah, I'm not keeping saying Kohen the wrong word. For the Ish Et, who's actually throwing it off, he doesn't care about Tcham. So he says you got to walk. You got to walk. There's no issue. Here we're talking about the escort from sukkah to sukkah. So in every every view until now, it was only one mil between the sukkahs, and except for the last one, which may have been more, but whatever. But but but, but and mo- between each booth was only one mil. Here, suddenly, in this, this third view, of Yossi, you've got ten mil and only five soka. So, obviously, there's more than Chum Shabbos going from booth to booth. So, how are they going to escort him from booth to booth? The Torah says, each individual group of escorts would be putting an Erev in the middle. Rabbi Yossi, now, he had a son, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi He said, Rabbi Lazar said to him, wait a second, you're, you're, you're coming up with a trick to use Erev. if you're trying to use Erev, so why do you even say five? So why don't we just use two booths, and you'll be able to cover the entire span of ten mil with two booths? How would you be able to do that? If you're very smart, you should be able to do it. How would we do it? So the the the, the key is that the um the key the key would be put the sukkah. The first sukkah should be four mil away from Yerushalayim, and everyone should put out an air of tehumin. So they would meet midway. But some people from who buy Yerushalayim should put on the Erev in one mil from Yerushalayim, which will extend their journey to a second mil. They can't go further because then that's 4,000 Amma. But the people from the Sukkah, but the, but the Sukkah is, the Sukkah is four mil away from Yerushalayim. The people there should put their Erev three mil away from Yerushalayim, which would extend them to come meet at the two mil mark. So I don't know if that was so clear. Let me do that again. You have Yerushalayim, let's say, right here, right? And then over here, four, four mil away, is the first booth. So the people of Yerushalayim should make an of at, at, at the one mil marker, and the people of, of where the sukkah is should make an of Tchumen at the three mil marker. That will then extend that both of them will be able to walk two mil and meet in the middle. So perfect exchange. They'll, the first people will walk the Ishiiti to the two mil marker, and then they will be met by the escort who's coming and walking and extending from four mil to two mil, and they'll walk them then to the sukkah. So you could just have an exchange. That's what he's being created. creative. And then the second thing, you'll have another four mil distance um, from uh, the, to, have, to have the second booth. So the second booth could be four mil from the first booth, and then you'll have again a different a second party from the, the place where the sukkah is will make it an eruv at the five mil marker. And this, in the opposite, the people at the eight mil marker where the sukkah is, they'll make a eruv at the seven mil marker, and they'll be able to make an. Uh, to make a swap in the middle of their of their of their of their erev So what he's saying is, if you're creative enough and you want to use erev then we can just get we can just use two booths. He's like he's like, not so happy with this. If you're saying that, well, if you want to say I don't want to lie in any erev, so we say that you know there must be eight or nine, there must be nine or ten booths depending on Rabea or Rabbi Huda, If the distance is twelve mil or ten mil, but if you're saying now five booths for ten mil, obviously you're relying on erev So do even more, just use two sukkahs and have ten mil. Okay, says okay. the Gemar, who does the following B'raisek go like? The B'raisek says that the last mill, all of them, they would, the escort would go to the next sukkah. Except for the last booth, the escort from the last booth wouldn't reach the cliff. They would have to stand from afar and watch it. That's like Rameir, because Rameir, the first view is that 12 mil and 10 booths. So that's very good. Each, each one is a mill away. When you get to the last one, the last segment was two mil. So two mil is too far for them to go. So they wouldn't go all the way to the... Cliff, they would stand from afar. The Mishnah said that at each booth they would offer him food and drink. it says in the Bible, it never happened in history that the Ish Iti took a drink. you cannot compare how hungry a person is when he has food to eat when he or to a person who is hungry and he doesn't have food to eat. It's such a tremendous difference. Psychologically, knowing that you could break your fast is a tremendous impact on your strength. So they would offer him the food and show him the food, but he didn't. it never happened that he actually broke his fast. Says the Mishnah, what did he do? He would, he would break apart the strip of the red wool, half of it's on the rock, half of it's tied in the horns. So the woman says, what's this thing that you break it in two tying half to the rock and half to the horns? Why don't you tie the entire thing to the rock. And the point of this is that the red is going to turn white. It was an indication of Kapara. So the rock, people would see much better. You could see what's on the rock much better than what's on the, uh, on the goat tumbling down. So why don't you tie the whole thing on the rock? So the Messiah says, Keep in the mitzvah of the sart. We have a mitzvah to push off the sar. We know that. Maybe it's not ma'aki, but there's definitely a mitzvah to push off the sar. So we're concerned that maybe it's going to turn white before the goat was pushed down, meaning as soon as you tie it to the rock. Before you even push the goat down, we're going to see this sign, oh, that everyone's forgiven. And then he going to say, okay, all is good. We don't need to do anything. And he won't even bother to do the mitzvah of pushing off the goat. So therefore, he, 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 he should only tie half of it. And this way, if you only tie half of it, you're guaranteed, and this is an interesting thing in the naze, that the rest, of the, it's not going to turn white since it's only half. That's just an interesting thing in the miracle. The miracle may occur if all of it was there on the rock that it might turn white before you push off the goat. But if you only tie half of it, then the assumption is it's not going to fully turn white. And then when, you go, when, you, when, you, when you're dealing with the other half of the goat, even if it does turn white before you push it off, presumably you'll push it off because you're, you're holding the goat. So if you would just tie it to the rock and it will turn white before you deal with the goat, you wouldn't bother dealing with the goat. But if you tie half to the goat, it's not going to turn white until you're tying it to the goat. And even if it turns white then but you're already holding the goat, so yeah, you'll probably throw it down. That's a fascinating concept here in the Gemara. That the white, the, it's totally psychological. There's nothing more than that. The, the mitzvah has nothing to do with if it turned white or it didn't turn white. It's, it's a beautiful sign from the Avishta, but it's not, you still have the mitzvah, that's what we're saying, and people will forget to do the mitzvah. So now the Gemara says, so the opposite, why don't we just tie between the horns? Why don't we just do it between the horns? Sometimes it bends the head under the body, meaning it's like, as it's falling backwards, it, 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 it puts its head down. You won't be able to tell if it turns white, you won't get that excitement. So we want to make sure that some of it will be seen, so therefore we put it on the rock. So now the Gemara gives us the history of where they used to keep the red strip of wool. Originally, they used to actually tie the strip in the of Mikdash. They would keep a strip there by the Pesach and on the outside where it was like, you know, clearly visible to everybody. And the problem was if it turned white, everybody was happy. If it didn't turn white, everybody was de- depressed, right? Can you imagine how bad that was? It's a day of Yum Slicha Bakapara and the Abishha isn't showing us that he's forgiven us. So of name. So what they did is they moved it to the door of the of the ulam on the inside, so at least everybody wouldn't see. It was more of a private nace. Not the whole it wasn't something that the whole seabor would see. Fa dying, but still, they would they would like try to get a, catch a glimpse. They would push and try to see. In the same problem, people were sad. So they made a new takana. You know what? Let's forget about this whole Ulam business. Let's just do it out there. Without sea isn't there so much. And well they'll just tie it there, half by the rock, half by the horns. And the Mars says, Kafar." Actually it was a different version. It used to be that they tied it on the inside. As soon as he got even reached the, well, the, the, the the midbar, so the question is, what does it mean to reach the midbar? Does it mean it was reached the midbar and was pushed down, or does it mean as soon as it just reached the desert? That's a machlokas him. But as soon as it reached the desert, or reached the desert and meaning continuously, t- t- continuing from that, it was pushed down. Halu would turn white. Viyadu Yadushina mitzvah, so they knew that the mitzvah was completed, and then he was able to move on. Meaning the Kohen Gadot is going to wait to move on until it turns white. Like that was the big thing. Because that's how he knew that that the ishiti had gotten to the Midbar. And again, it's Machlux Rishonim. Most Rishonim hold you have to wait until it's pushed off. That's the Mitzvah, right? So even though it says that they were waiting until it reached the Midbar, it really means reached the Midbar and was thrown off the cliff. So two different versions here. Now just, just bring us back to a Gemara and Daflamit test, just to bring us some context for this. The first 40 years of the second base of Mikdash, when when Shibana Tzadik was calling Galdol, the Gemara says it always turned white. From then and on, it was on and off. So we can understand how this progressed. You know, Originally it was like this, and then you imagine a story, and then another story, and back and forth, and eventually we end up with the solution of just keeping it on the, by, the, by the desert. All right, Shinemar, where do we get this whole thing? So this, it's a fascinating thing because it's not mentioned in Parshat Shachrimos. It's not mentioned as, you know, a primary point on Yom Kippur. It's, I don't want to say it's, it's and, and even the Joshua itself, in Pasuk and Yeshaya, it's not describing a fact in the Ves mikdash. It's saying, if your sins are like this red, deep, you know, color, they can turn white. But it's an allusion to this idea that there would be this, this miracle in the of mikdash. All right, the Mishnah said, didn't reach halfway down, it was already in limbs. So and if mind, what's the halacha of having hana from those limbs? So let's just understand something. This is a very long question. I really have to break this apart, this question. Because really Kachim what's the rule, Nasas mitzvah, so, in so if you have Kachim, it has Isr anah, but once it's Nas so there's no Isr. So the question is what il should be nasis so ostensibly it should be nasas mitzvah. So as soon as you throw it down, kind the mitzvah, it shouldn't be isr anah. And yet the Gemara is still declaring that maybe those limbs are also ana. So what's the pshah? So we're gonna see it's really based on psutri. So what are the pshat? so what does the Gemara say? Ravashmucharum That if you would go and take those limbs, you can't have anah from them. It's de- definitely by the way let me ask you a question. Would it be an Avelah? Let's say I want to eat the meat. According to my number, it's mutter to have another. Could I eat the meat? It wasn't shachti. Ooh, but you're gonna tell me the Gummar Samahtal Madal says there's an of to Does that mean it's not an avela? is it mutter ma'amish ba'achila according to this opinion? Does, that mean, does it just mean that it's not an Isra israhana? It's an interesting question. Okay. The one that is It's in the desert It says by Midbar a little bit too many times So it's extra and it says that it's like the desert Just like the desert or something that's open and free to everybody So too the, the becomes open and free to everybody You know, it's, it's, it's good Anybody can use it It should be a land of gzera. it It's like no one touches, no one uses Like that type of the opposite That the remains should be us or people stay away Says, what does he do with the word midbar? Midbar keeps on saying extra that he sends it to the wilderness. The rabbis Novigivon comes to tell us that don't think you do Lazazel only in the previous times of Mishkan, but it's not true. You do it in all the places when the base of stood, whether it was the Mishkan and Novigivon Shiloh or in the base of in the in the line. Says the Gemara of who said that it's mutter, like, what does he do with the word Zera? It means something that's cut. Cut means like a sharp cut. Like suddenly the land is going and then it's cut. So that means a cliff. That's exactly what a cliff is. Another interpretation. It's, what does that mean? That it's referring to the goat. That the goat gets cut when it's falling. That's the point. Not that the land is cut. That it's torn up. It's like the land of where the goat will be torn up. When you hear about this, you are going to say this is a crazy thing, a meaningless avoda, makes no sense. You know, to throw off a goat from a cliff. Like, what does Hashem want us to do? It's a decree. It's a gzeira. Don't think about it. You shouldn't think about it. Now the gemara continues after this It makes more sense to say that the retard because the Torah wouldn't say, send something away and make a takala. What does that mean? Imagine somebody is uh, going one day on a a hike in in the desert and he happens to chance upon a dead carcass. He has no clue. That it happened to be from the m'sar, and Yom Kippur. he doesn't know, he's in innocent by a person, and he comes and he takes a limb. Very nice, look what I found. So it turns out that the whole thing is a stumbling block. The Torah says, throw it down, and somebody's innocently going to come along and do an avera and be netted from something that's aser. So it's reasonable to assume the Torah wouldn't set up such a situation. And it makes sense, therefore, like the other opinion, that the limbs are, in fact, mutter once the, 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 the mitzvah has been done. Says the Gemara Tan Ravanan Azazel. What is the word Azazel? So it's a Joshua. She Az Vikasha. It should be a very harsh, tough type of land. Yachol ba Yishu. If you would think you could do it, even a place where people lived. I mean, I in Shavat I don't have to be mamish like a cliff. I'm a it's a land which is cut. So it's a cliff, tough land, and it's in the wilderness. Says the Gemara Tan Yida Chazazel kasha It means the toughest of the mountains. The chinuamers ayalei ha'aret so the alam are like strength, strength of the land here in the posse he takes away. Okay. So this is a very interesting thing. It's based on the uh, Rashi says it's based on the Medrash. We have the pasukim talk about the, the original Arias in the Torah. What was the original sin of Arias? So we have the pasukim described of uh, Nama, who is the sister of Tuval Kayin. Remember those pasukim over there? So over there, what happened was, it was a forbidden relationship, it was forbidden Arias. And then what happened was, at the time, they, uh, there were these bad, bad malachim who came down, Rashi describes, and they kind of like put into the world this Arias, this, they're the origin of that. And the names here is Uzzah and Azael, these angels. It's very hard to understand exactly the these power these bad angels. But at any rate, they put it in, and Azazel is a contraction of those two bad angels, and it's a reference to Gile Arias, and it's meant to show us that for the worst of Gile Arayis, the Sar Mishaleh is machabra for. Now it's a hard idea because as we learned that Sar Mishaleah is machabra for all of us, right? Why are we singling out Gileh specifically? Maybe she says it's really bad. I and mean, Avodah Zahra is also really bad. Right? You know, like what is the okay. There are certain types of things that are mishpatan. Mishpatan means like sensible halachas. Even if they were not written in the Torah, logic would have said that they should be written. Interesting that those are all considered logically. The gazel, stealing, b'chosh Hashem, cursing Hashem. But then, there are things that are chukim, those are the things that the Satan challenges us. And he says, you know, this they don't make any sense. Fe'elowin, achil el-chazir, eating na'kosher, l'vishatnes, chalitza zivama, chalitza b'ayivama, so atar, samitzorah, sarah m'shtalech. Shom Maybe you're going to say that they're meaningless. Tamad lomar, ani Hashem, ani yeshom cha kaktyev, And again, there's a big machlok, a pretty famous one of chuk meant actually just to do without any reason, there is no reason, or if it means we don't understand the reason, but there, of course, is a reason. That's an interesting machlokas, and, of course, the question is whether there's a point of trying to guess it. You know, is that the uh, Seferachino, or the other, is the Ramban, who understood that a cholk doesn't mean that there is no reason. It just means that uh, we're not necessarily, it's not necessarily, ready, we're not readily aware of it, but it's a great avoda to try to figure out what it is. Says the Mishnah: that there is no when is it Tomas Begadim same? So we had a Machlokah. So Tanakaama said, again, the Palsuk says, the one who's Mishalech, he gets his clothes, Tomei. So when does he become the one sending it away? So Tanakaama says when he leaves Yerusha line. Rav Shimon said when he pushes it off. So Tanakaama, we get a bunch of opinions here in the Bride. Mishalech won't tell First of all, only the one who sends it away gets his clothes, Tomei. The, the one who sent the sender away is not. So who's the one who sent the sender away? Those are all the Ma'kiru Yerushalayim, the people who are escorting him out. Even even though they're, they're involved in the process, they're sending, but since they're not the Iker one, right, they're not the Ish'iti, the they don't have the Tumah. You might think as soon as he leaves the confines in the Azar already, even if he's still in Yerushalayim, the one who sends him away. So he should have to be on the way to Azazos. So what's the point of that? If he's still in the city, he's not called that he's on the way to Azazos. Like, it's an interesting point. Like, it's like when you're when you're in route to something. So when you're still in the city that you're leaving from, you're just in that city. It's so only once you've broken out of that city that you're called the Mishalech. So that, that's where we're darshaning. So until he leaves the, the, the city, he's not going to uh, have the toma. Yochah, But wait a second. Maybe Mishalech, Maybe until he reaches, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the Tumah. And it would only mean that after you bring it all the way to the cliff, you become tameh. Tamei, Tamei, No, the one who is in route, the one who is sending. So how would I resolve this? On the one hand, he can't be in Yerushalayim. On the other hand, I know that the Tumah is there before he reaches the cliff. It means that it's as soon as he leaves the city walls. And this is the way that the Mishnah understood. That was what our Mishnah said. And now we're getting a name. Rabbi This is the words of Rebbe Yehuda. Rabbi is the Tanakam of our Mishnah. So as soon as he leaves the city of Yerushalayim, he's en route. He's Mishalech. Says the second view, Rabbi Yosi Yomer, as also No, it says the word as in the pasuk next to the vekibes begadim. So therefore, what it's saying is, you're not actually until you're actually at the cliff, you're not, you don't have Thomas begadim. So in other words, even though the pasuk pshat meshaleach would mean that he's en route, but he, we're saying that no, since it says the vekibes next to the word as we say until he reaches the word until he reaches the as place, the Thomas begadim is not there. Okay. And Rabbi Shimon, Omar, we didn't have Rabbi Yossi in our Mishnah, right? Our Mishnah just had Tanakama saying and Rabbi Shimon when he when he throws it off. Rabbi Yossi is saying "azazel is when he reaches the cliff, even before he before he threw it down. It says the one who sends the goat down, he should be called the Zarkov of means he throws it, you know, by the head, and as he does that, he's just throwing the head down, that's when he gets the uh, the Tumas B'gadim that's on him. So, in bottom line, is that we have three different opinions. is the Tema of as soon as he leaves the city, that is Rabbi Huda, according to Rabbi Yossi, it's when he reaches the cliff, and the third view of Reb Shimon is only once he throws it down. All right. So now that that's done, now we go back to the avodas yom kippur. So let me just again, where where were we? It's a, the perspective of the avodas yom kippur. So we, what happened was is that we had the par. The, just to give a basic summary of what we've done so far, we had the par, the video power, and then the uh, the, the shechita, the second had the power, the shechita, the par. We had the ketores, of uh All the ketores was done. After that, we had the goralos. So for the two he goats, we shefted the Sarih Lashem, we threw the blood, we threw the blood of the, I'm sorry, we threw the blood of the par first, After before before we did that, and then we threw the blood of the Sarih inside, then the par and the Sarih blood on the parochas, and they were mixed all there, Shvich Shiraim outside, and then we went to the other Sa'ir, the Sarih Lashazzo, we did the Vidoy, and now they were sent away. Okay? So now the Mishnah is picking up on what's happening. So according to the version of our Mishnah here, Ba'al Eitzel Parvis and Yisroffim. He goes back to that power and Sar, meaning the original power of Aaron and the Sar Lashem. What do I still have left? I have the carcasses. I've already dealt with all the blood matanas, but I still have the carcasses, and what do I have to have in there? The Emurim. There are certain Imurim. So what, what happens here? There are certain Emurim which are burned on the Mizbeach, right? There are always the fats. But after the fats that are burned on the Mizbeach, there's a lot of meat. So these are, we say this, they're called parim usirim hanisrafim. They are burned. Meaning no one's eating this meat. Usually a chatas, the meat is eaten by the koanim. Not these. Chatos, panimios, the meat is taken out in the carcass. is outside the city and burned. Okay? So now we're dealing with the dead carcass. and Who's bahu? Who are we talking about? The kohen gadol? The koan gadol goes to the parim, the sarah hanisrafim. Hanisrafim means that are meant. They're designated to be burned. Karan, he rips them open. Meaning he's not doing a real... Half like sometimes you do a real half shit. On the carbon ola, which is burned, fully burned, there's a half Here, there's no half You just rip them. You take out the emurim. The emurim are the parts of the carbon which are going to go on the mizbech, the fatty parts. It's none but magis. He puts them in a klishare, it's a bowl. If you you burn them to burn them on the mizbech. Okay, look, like all emurim burn the mizbech. But then, you're still going to have a lot of meat left, the rest of the meat. So, kolon makelos. Kolon means that you take the limbs of the bull and the goat and you kind of mix them together. And it's, it looks like a braid. Makel is like when you braid something together. If you're like stuffing all the limbs into like, I know it sounds a little gross or anything, but like a skewer, you know? So like you pull and like you stick all the limbs on there. But we'll see on the base as Refa, and then you're going to carry them out to the base as Refa. base as Refa is the place where they will be burned, which was outside of Yerushalayim. Um, and, and, and it happens to be that it doesn't mean he personally has to carry them out. That's not an avoda but the person carry them out, but eventually the burning is going to be done by. Okay. Now, and, and even more, he himself doesn't even burn them. We'll, we'll learn about this a little bit later. It says that the people who carry out the chatos and, his, and the, the chatos of the par and sara and its rafin get too much begadim, And this is a general thing. This already comes from... The, even even previously when I have Khatas Apneus. But definitely here, the Possak mentions here in Pasha's Acharimos that the one who carries it out has Tumas begadim. So when does the Tumas begadim have? When are they carrying it out? So Mishyatzu as soon as they leave the Azara. No. It's only when the, when it starts, when the burning the fire is really taking place. So when is the burning of the fire taking place? When the fire catches most of the limbs, when we of the limbs is, is burned, that's when the Tomas Begadim comes. And the Gemara will tell us what the Machlok is. And obviously it sounds actually pretty similar to what we saw at Tanakam and Reb Shimon about the Tomas Bugadam of the guy dealing with the Ishiti. Is it when he leaves Yerushalayim? Or is, it when he, uh, or is it when he throws it down? So here we have, when is the Tomas Bugadam for those burning the limbs outside? One view is as soon as he leaves the Hazar, the other view is only when the burning is actually out. Fine. So we said that what happens is after the al L'Azazel, now we're dealing with the Imurim of the power and the sar. So the Gemara says, Are you burning them? So what's the question? What's the question, are you burning them? So Rashi learns P'shat, it's a hard Gemara because it doesn't say it so much in the text. Rashi learns P'shat that they we're saying, you burn them now? In other words, this is the time, this is the right sequence after the Sari is when you do the Haktaris Imurim, is that really true? It, it, they didn't do it until much later. What does that mean? There's still a lot of other things you have to do here. What, what else do you have to do? You're still... There's going to be a special Kriya Satara. And also there was the Alo the El Ha'am. Which is a very... The, the Apostolic mentions in there's an Ayo. Ayo Hanasa B'chuz, That he does, again in the White Pagod, but he does that. And then afterwards you have to do otsas Akafa HaMachta. You have to have that take place. And then only after that, we assume, are the haktaris in Murim of the power and the sar. That's the way Rashi learns the Gemara. So the Gemara is asking, is hektiren salkat ayatach, now are you really burning them? That's the way you learn the Gemara. So the Gemara says, ima You're right, you're only preparing them. Meaning you deal with, this, with the limbs now, you prep them. So you take them out, you rip them out. And put them in the bowl so that they're ready to go. But the actual Akhtara's is not taking place now. We'll get to eventually when that will happen. But the next thing that's gonna happen is this Kriya Satara and and then eventually Eloh and we'll get to the Ad of and only then will we come back to these Imurim to burn them. Alright, Kalum it says you, you put them in you put them in these bowls here. So and it's gonna look like a braid, because you're taking all the Imurim and you're mixing them. The Power and the tzar, you're mixing them all together says the Gemara atana it says in the Brisa, you don't cut the pieces the way you cut up the meat of the ola what does that mean how do you, the, the the pasuk says by both places but by the carbon ola the way it was done is that first you do shit, and then you do nituah hefshit is you take up all the hide right and that actually goes to the kohanim and then you cut up the meat into into blocks into pieces but here you don't do it that way. Ella, rather, or Al Gabi they were just caught up with the hide itself. There's no of flour by the Department of Soyman Asraf. So the Moses Monimili, how do we know this? How do we know this in you? So by a ola, it says, you know, black and white, there's actually two. here it doesn't say much. So how, what's the source? The doesn't advise kind of or perish. Here it says by the burning, it says three things. We have R, we have Basar, and then it says parish. It mentions the waste as well. It says you're burning, you're burning all of these things. If you want to look at the side of the marsh, Pasik Habzai. What are you burning? Orasam, Bissarum, and Persha. So the Pasik mentions the waste. It says somewhere else, and this is by the Parkoin Mashiach in Parshas Yikra, If the Cohen Gadol does a, a sin, he brings a special carbon; doesn't bring the regular, the regular carbon uh, chatzas. He has a special one. So it also mentions that it's Nisrafim, It's one of the Parmanes Riv Nisrafim, and it's our basar pirich which are burned. So Malah Halon, top of Samaches, just as like the Cohen Gadol parkoin Mashiach when it's burned, they need they have There's no it didn't have shit, It's just. Cut up the way it is with the hide and burned afghan So to by the Parmanist Kipper, I didn't have shit. It's cut up, but it's not, it's not flayed first. The says, How do we know? We're just saying it's like that. How do we know from over there? So the time that we look at a it, it says in the past like this is again by Parcoin Mashiach. It says Vikirbo It says that the uh, all the enters and all the ways, you take out, you you, you remove the entire from the entire bowl outside. This means that you take it out totally whole, meaning you don't cut it um, after the shechita. Right, you're taking everything out intact. Now, should I burn it totally intact? No, Nemerkan Roshokrav. Here it mentions the head and the feet. Now we're and it says the head and the feet also by regular carbonola. Ma'lon by regular carbonola didn't supposed to cut it up. I've kind of done it to So by the parkour and Mashiach, it doesn't explicitly say to cut it up at all. It's actually mashwind the plastic that you carry it out totally whole and that you would think even to burn it whole. But I know you do need Tuach because it mentions the head and the feet. So I learned Dairy shava to the head and the feet by carbon ola where it's chopped up. So I know it's chopped up. Imal on a day Maybe just by regular carbon ola, it's flayed. kind day You should first flay it. Tamaloma But it's mad, No, the hide and all of its meat and the innards and the waste. So my Tambuda, How do I see it's not? It's not flayed because I'm our public here But since obviously the waste is saying inside, so too the meat is saying inside because it's intuitive to us. It's for sure true that we're not going to take the waste out. That would be obviously gross, like disgusting thing to do. So since the Pasuk mentions the waste with there, so the same, the piershah was pekirbo. so when it mentions the basur R, we understand that the basar was also bit over with this skin. So working backwards, what we now have is by the power coin Mashiach, we have established that there is nituach, but there's not hafshah. The Pasuk doesn't mention nituach at all, but we're deriving shava from the carbon ola that it should be chopped up. But we know since it mentions it, the bus or the or and the and the and the parish together. So we learn that the same way the parish were not taking out, so too we're not taking out the meat from the from the hide. So I know that by the parakoy Mashiach. And now what I'm learning is Exer Shava from the Parcoin Mashiach over to our par on Yom Kippur, and we're learning the par on Yom Kippur has the same thing that it is chopped up, but it is not flayed, and that's what we have here. Only by a carbon ola do we say that it is flayed and then chopped up. And again, where we're burning this is chutz from uh, city of Yerushalayim.